what's going on everybody welcome back to another rubbing muscle podcast i'm your host and your boy as always tj and in today's episode i'm going to be answering a few more questions from the facebook group also want to review round one of the six nations and preview round two of the six nations and first off i do owe everybody listening an apology i did say that this week we were going to get the tuesday thursday episodes going with the guests um essentially i I don't want to say i've been overrun with applicants but i've just been sifting through all the applicants um onboarding the guys that have already made the payment and are already keen to get on board with rubbing muscle early i've just been dealing with that and i didn't quite maybe i did anticipate like i knew it was going to be a real busy time for me but i didn't quite realize just how much it would sort of interfere with everything else and i wanted to make sure that the podcast with our first few guests are going to be good um and like completely done well to give respect to them and their time make sure that everyone utilizes it best possible so because of that i have decided to push back just one week i promise you we will have guests on we'll have two episodes up next week i really do enjoy doing this podcast and i enjoy the conversations that we have um when i do have the guests on as well i think it's really good to talk shop i learn a few things you guys will learn a lot and so i mean more often than not it strokes old tj's little ego there because you know a lot of the time i get on these like experts from all around the world and they just say to carry on doing the same stuff that i've been saying already and so i'm like cool i know exactly what i'm doing i'm a legend (laughs) no i don't really think that but if you do want to be coached by a legend (laughs) if you want to be coached by me and you want to join rugby muscle elite i've just put up a video well, by the time this podcast goes out, I'll put up a video on my Instagram explaining exactly what Rugby Muscle Elite and online coaching can do for you. Um, you can also visit rugby-muscle.com forward slash elite to find out more information because we are now live and taking any applica- application, not any application, well, I guess we're taking any application. Whether we're going to do anything with that application or whether you're going to do anything with that application is still yet to be decided. But yeah, head to those channels, rugby-muscle.com forward slash elite, or you can just slide into my DMs, TJ underscore rugby, to find out more information about that. And then I guess I've gone straight into the housekeeping. So whilst I'm doing this housekeeping, I would like to say once again that if you go ahead and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or on, um, I think you can do it on Stitcher. I think I was wrong about that the other week. So if you could give us a five-star review, type up a few words, um, and then you can just tag me in those. If you take a screenshot, TJ underscore rugby, I will hook you up. If you don't have Instagram or something like that, just go ahead and give us a five-star review. It really does help grow the show. I'm sorry about all these messages that I'm getting on my phone. It's highly distracting. So without further ado, let's get to the questions. Once again, these questions are coming from the Rugby Muscle Athletes Facebook group. If you do want to join... Just go to Facebook, type in Rugby Muscle Athletes, click join, say you've come from the podcast and ask a few questions and we'll get you in from there. But whilst I'm talking about the Rugby Muscle Athletes Facebook group, I will talk about the Six Nations predictor pool that we've got going on. Only one dude. I mean, we didn't, I, I, because I got only managed to get up two days before the competition actually started, I think only one. Shout out to John Von Viel, uh, Rugby Muscle Elite member who got all three predictions right. I think he was the, he might have been the only one in this group that actually predicted France would win. Let's find out here. 
Um, did I did I predict that France would win on this? No, no, I didn't. No, I knew I didn't because I didn't want to be rooting for France. I wanted to make sure that I was rooting for England. And if I made a prediction that France was going to win, then you know part of me would still feel smug even though England would lost. And I, w- I want to cheer for a team, you know. So I decided I'd pick England, but I only picked by five, so I got some sort of point there. I think. No, I didn't. I didn't get any points. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, so John, he was the only one that predicted France would win. I did say I was very scared about how good France could be, and they're proving me right already. Um, I also said about how um, Ben Young has been out of form since the World Cup. I was banging that drum, and I know I'm not the only one. There's some memes now coming out about him, and I think that's a bit mean. But, um, yeah, you know, it's just a resetting period for England. And they lost to what was a very good French team and what is a very good young French team. And I'm worried, man. Like, especially if they get some more structure in, in their play, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. That You know, a little bit lightweight of the scrum, but, you know, that's that's something that just by getting reps, by getting games under their belt, they're going to be stronger and stronger. And by the time the World Cup rolls around, they'll be, oof, they're going to be con- to be contended with in the scrum as well. And then they'll, and then they've obviously, they're clearly the, um, one of the form teams all around the pitch. And, you know, when you watch their European Cup games, you're just like, yeah, obviously the, these are good players. Why haven't they strung it together? And it looks like they are a little bit. It looks like they're they're getting out of their own way a little bit. So good for you, good for you, Frenchies. And it's a, you know, it's one of those things where they've been out of form for the last few years and they've had the talent and they've just sort of finally got that monkey off their back and they've sort of reinvented themselves. So good, good for the French. Always had a little soft spot for those boys. And then Ireland picked up a a pretty standard win. That's kind of what we expected, right? Um, I I predicted that Ireland would win. Um, Scotland were more impressive. But where they miss out where France was, similar to the French in fact that they played quite a lot of rugby. Um, They played through the backs, but they were a little bit underpowered up front. And um, where, where France... Where France and Scotland sim- like shared similarities is that they both fronted up massive on defence, physicality-wise. I just think Scotland lacked the attacking physicality stuff, you know. So it was just a shame to see them. And and where they shared similarities with England was that they both tended to miss chances in the in the opposing twenty-two, and that is that is huge. And if you do that a few times, you're going to lose that game. And so both teams, England and Scotland, end up losing by seven. They play each other this week. I think England going to write that shit, but again, I'm 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 concerned again. Similar sort of story, really, because Scotland have sat talent out in the backs, even if they haven't got the the Lord Finn Russell out there bossing it. Um, Adam Hastings had a good game, so good for the Scots. Ireland still looking kind of good, still looking a little bit same old, same old though. Um, I wonder if you know this is this is what they tend to do. You t- the Irish tend to smash it for three years outside the World Cup and then a, a World Cup year rolls around and they just sort of all dip out of form because what they do works really well outside of real specialised focused training which the World Cup brings which is keep you know low error count basic simple rugby it works really well until steam teams start to really ramp it up in a World Cup year and I think maybe they're still building towards that who knows and maybe I'm just talking shit <laughs> who really knows but the last game, or the, actually the first game of the Six Nations, not really too much talking. I was just a bit disappointed by the Italians, to be honest. Um, there were a few 
few times where I saw some back rows there, it wasn't, and it wasn't Pelletri, it was, uh, I think it was staying, you know, you just see them guys like just walk back and be like, oh, here we go again. And if they didn't have that mindset, would they have picked up a bunch of wins by now? You know, because losing is a, you know, as much as we always say winning is a skill, losing is one of those habits that is really difficult to shake. And, right, you know, if you're a team that's defending an undefeated streak, you're going to chase back 80 yards, make that death-defying tackle. I mean, for whatever tackle defies death. And it, you know, you're gonna put your body right on the line. You're gonna, you're gonna make that because you still believe that you can win. Whereas if you've lost, you know, I don't even know how many games it is literally have lost on the bounce. Now it must be around 20. If you've lost 20 or so games or more than 20 games on the bounce every year in this competition, you know, you're just gonna be like, oh, here we go again. I guess we're gonna lose, and that's gonna come back to bite them in the ass. And you know, we're going to keep talking about whether Georgia should be in or not until they actually start performing. But their under-20s look to be doing good. Their women look to be doing good. So who knows, you know, maybe I am talking shit. And maybe Wales are just looking really good because Nick Tomkin, I've said this like from, I, I played against Nick Tomkin when he was either 18 or 19 or 17 or something in the National Pub 7s when he was playing for a Saracens team. Oh no, it wasn't the it wasn't the National Pub Sevens. That was Owen Farrell. I was playing against him for when he was playing for a Saracens team at Bury St Edmund Sevens, and they went on to win it. My buddy was playing with him, I believe. Anyway, long story short, this guy was captain, and he was he looked like a baby in the face, but when he performed, he was fucking hard, and he did all of his basics really well. Um, and the the coach of the Saracens team at the time said, "This kid just keeps." mean every single level we tried to put him out they made him captain of that team and he, he he led from the front as a youngster and absolutely bossed it he's done everything saracens could ever have asked of him he has his basics down like he's not the the you know he's he doesn't do these crazy things with these amazing steps or he's hasn't got amazing speed or hasn't got amazing big hits but he does everything so well and i see i see like a little brian o'driscoll in him because he he's he's just flawless when he plays and I'm really, and, and now that Manny Tuolagi is injured, you're looking at England's uh, centre pairings and you're thinking, damn it, like we could use this guy because he is really good. And you put him in a world-class team, I believe he's going to keep going to that and he's going to be world-class and he keeps rising to the level. You know, he doesn't do anything absolutely crazy to stand out, but he scores a lot of tries for Saracens. He does really, really well for them. And, you know, in a team that's been one of the top three teams consistently in Europe over the past few years, he's been one of their most consistent well-rounded players and it's good to see him have a chance with Wales it's just a bit of a shame that he's not playing for England I think because he this guy could be world-class cool anyway that rounds up the Six Nations chat let's move on to the questions you can probably hear me clicking my mouse as I'm navigating through so uh where are we we've got first question here love some info I'd love some info I guess not I just love some info you know I just love that info but I would love some info on hip and ankle mobility and learning Olympic lifts where do I start uh it's, it's difficult actually uh, this is a this is a great plug but uh, as part of team rugby muscle we slowly build in the Olympic lifts now hip and ankle mobility will come as you just keep doing the lifts the more you lift the more mobile you become. I say this time and time again, one of the best things that you can do for your mobility is do full range of motion weight training. That will take care of a lot of your mobility needs, particularly when you're doing like one the best thing that you can do pretty much for hamstring flexibility is just hammer home some RDLs. Keep doing those Romanian deadlifts. Control that downward phase and explode up. And the more you can control it, the further you can reach, the more flexible your hamstrings are going to be. And it's a similar sort of thing to hip and ankle work. So 
full depth squatting, just keep working on squatting deeper and deeper and deeper over time, whether you've got a barbell on your back, whether you've got a hold in a goblet, those sorts of things are going to help your hip and, and ankle mobility as well because they're both going to help you get low. But um, it's funny because this sort of plugs team rugby muscle, right? Because with team rugby muscle, we have a phasic structure where we build into doing some version of the full Olympic lifts if you want to do it. If you don't, there are options just to keep it really simple. But we, we build from dumbbell snatches into barbell snatches, into push jerks, into power jerks, into clean and jerk. And you know, th- because you're doing it through the different movements, you're getting the benefit of those movements whilst you're doing it. Sometimes if you're learning the Olympic lift and you're doing everything with like a broom handle or something, you tend to just be wasting time in terms of your physical development, right? Whereas if you're doing dumbbell or kettlebell snatches or you're doing, uh, what else could that be? You know, push push presses into push jerks with either a dumbbell or a kettlebell or on the, on the landmine, those are good things to do. Then you're going to be able to work on your physical conditioning, your physical preparation, so you're going to get those benefits whilst also priming your body and, and beginning to learn the technique of the Olympic lifts. Now, if you really want to do the Olympic lifts, and, and the person that's asked this question is going to be, I think is aging in their rugby career, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, Anthony, but from what I've seen of your background, yeah, you're aging in the Olympic So maybe you transition into spending a few months where you just learn the Olympic lifts and you do that. It's a good idea sometimes for athletes that have reached their muscular potential that you know you just want to take three months or so to hammer home the olympic lifts in your off season and then by the time we get towards closer to the preseason, then we can start to look towards uh, making sure that we're covering all of our rugby bases but there there are lots of different ways i learned just from youtube and there are there are a bunch of different youtube tutorials that you can get in and maybe you learn if you'd want to go the broomstick method so you just learn all the technique it can work and it can help you get the movement down, but remember that you're never going to get it perfect with a broomstick because you need some of that weight to solidify those positions. So maybe you can do five to 10 minutes of barbell work, practicing the different movements as part of your warm up. That can be a good idea because it gets a blood flow, it gets your um, hand eye, not hand eye coordination, but just gets your coordination going and allows you to get nice and warm and that way you're not really wasting your time because you're still doing something dynamic you're still doing your warm-up you know what i mean and then you've got the rest of your gym session to actually work on making some gains hopefully that helps if you want any further like specific questions around that ask on next week's thread and we'll go from there next one i'm stopping eating meat for lunch and i did it for about a month but i've lost some vitamins and minerals like iron yeah you will lose iron if you just um, blankly cut out meat what can I do to replace this even without eating meat for lunch so essentially if you're doing meatless lunches and people do meatless Mondays and this sort of thing understand that you want to look at your nutrition picture as a whole so as long as you take a step back over that day and maybe you you, if you're, if you're lacking vitamins and minerals number one just take a multivitamin it's really easy to do you can take that every day and it sort of ticks the boxes that you need to tick um I would also look at making sure that you're increasing your green vegetables amount in that lunch um, and also make sure that you're having enough protein. You know, I said in the muscle gaining episode, 
around 20 or so is a good little threshold to start at. If you're a 200 pound plus guy, maybe you look at a little bit more, maybe 30 to 40 grams every single meal. And um, you want to make sure that you've got that protein in that meal. And then other than that, it's just a case of if you've lost something from that meal, you can sort of put it back into a later meal. And there's no point like saying, oh, I used to have one chicken sandwich for lunch and then a chicken sandwich as an afternoon snack. So now I'm just going to have a double-breasted afternoon snack because then you're not being any more environmentally conscious. So it just you just have to take a step back and look at your overall daily diet. Make sure that you're having a similar amount of calories or just the calories that you need for your goal and you're, pro- and you, you're making sure that you're getting enough protein in. Um, and if you want to be more specific, again, we, we can be more specific, but in terms of just answering this question, that would be it. Also, every time I drink Guinness, someone someone has to come up to me and tell me how much iron's in it. And I don't think anyone's ever drank Guinness because they're like, oh, I'm iron depleted. Give me the Guinness. Quick, quick. I need the Guinness, otherwise I'm going to be unhealthy. <laughs> just, doesn't, just doesn't happen. All right, next question. Quarter squats, thoughts. Uh, bad questions, thoughts. No, uh, quarter squat, I mean, it can have its place in some sort of power work. Other than that, it's, it's a ve- it has its very specific place, right? If you're doing it, you're doing it controlled into that quarter and then you're exploding up. It can allow you to load up the weight. It can load up that movement. Problem is with that sometimes is that that puts a ton of pressure through the spine. I've, done, I've, I've gone through periods where I've done quarter squats to try and increase my speed. And I've just found that just putting that much weight on my back, just in addition to the, extra, the other work I have to do to increase my speed, just doesn't quite work out for me. I'd rather go a little bit lighter and jump with it. Or I would do um, something where I'm gripping it. So like a, a rack pull sort of into driving up onto my toes that sort of thing um but if you're doing them in in terms of replacing actual squats get out of here okay and a lot of people will court squat because they just aren't strong enough through a full range of motion and it requires a lot of ego checking in order to then adjust your squat and go all the way down i'm someone that's going to be reintroducing squats into my training like full-on barbell um normal high bar squats i'm reintroducing those into my training and actually i'm i'm worried well, i'm not worried at all but i know that it's gonna require me to start out really really light like not even probably about half the weight that i used to be able to use especially for one rep max so I, and at no point am i entertaining that idea you know i'm trying to go beltless to begin with and and I, i'll feel it the next day in my quads and i'll feel it the next day in my posterior chain because I'm going to squat properly, but I won't need a lot of weight at all. And people will probably look at me and be like, holy shit, that guy should probably be lifting more weight. And then they probably go ahead and stack up the bar with all of those plates. And then they end up becoming a viral video because they are such a fucking idiot. All right, penultimate question I think we'll go for here. League and Union, difference in training, if any. I would suggest, well, first off, something I should point out is that a lot of my athletes, even the ones that are in Rugby Muscle Elite, they increase their rugby performance, I'd say about 50 to 60% because they are healthier, just generally fitter, just generally stronger, just generally more in shape athletes. And that allows them to focus on their skills a lot more and allows them just to be a better player. They're also kind of stress-free. That'll go into that 50 to 60% or wherever I said I'm going to spit all these numbers off the top of my head. So they might not quite add up. 
Then when we're looking at, you know, more specific aerobic and cardio benefits, that's going to plug in another 10 to 20, I'd say 20 or so percent. Another 20 or so percent would be towards speed and power development. And then from there, like we've only got a little bit left to when we're looking at individualized differences. And that's where we would look at different positions, different aspects of the game. I imagine that rugby league is a lot more anaerobic. I don't really work with any rugby league players, but I, I would like to. So if you're interested, if you listen to this, I, I don't see any great rugby league advice out there. So I think what I would, I would do some more analysis into this if you were to join rugby muscle elite. But from what I can tell from just my own view of the game, is when you're defending, it's a lot more anaerobic. You're, you're, you're almost non-stop running as a defender in rugby league, whereas Union, you can get into that line and you sort of just shuffle along for a couple minutes and you can get your breath back. Whereas in league, you're constantly marching back, constantly going forward, constantly going back, constantly going forward as you're defending. And that set can last quite a while and that ends up being quite lactic in its nature. And then you end up recovering a little bit on when you're attacking or you just keep going and you go, go, go until you get subbed off because you, they do interchanges in rugby league. And therefore, that allows you to be a little bit more anaerobic, less aerobic um, because, of, because of the higher constant sort of pressure of defense. Whereas Union, it's all about those high-intensity efforts. Can you perform at your absolute maximum for 10 or so seconds get up, recover in time to go again. You know, most actions don't last longer than 20 seconds, whereas rugby league, you're going to be moving a lot more. And then I would say maybe there's a little bit more of a demand for upper body strength just because of the collisions in rugby league. But then again, you could always argue upper body strength is crucial for rugby union, particularly when it comes to rucking, that sort of thing. So maybe it's probably a wash there. But the the biggest difference would be that uh, lactic to uh, aerobic sort of, differences in in how you would condition a player but once again um, most people ask asking these questions most people looking into this if you if you develop a decent if you develop a really good physical base in terms of your physique in terms of being generally just aerobically fit and somewhat injury proof you're going to take care of a vast majority of your improvements in in your rugby game and then on top of that then we're looking at speed and speed strength and power and we're looking at more specific conditioning from there and then overall even a step further back from there and a whole different equation is your skill level you know your skill level is going to dictate how good a player you're going to be and that's why you don't see a lot of forwards that come across from rugby league to rugby union it's because it's a different game and it requires a lot of a different uh, you know massively different skill set the most successful players you see even fly halves don't come around from league too much to union Um, the successful players are usually either in the center but more often than not out on the wing um and even the ones that have got become good centers, it's because they've they've been out on the back three, either fullback or on the wing, and so they've they you know all they're relied on is those high intensity efforts. They're not, and those skills cross over a little bit more. But yeah, um, I am going to get a, a rugby league strength and conditioning coach on the podcast in the future, so we will talk differences there. But as far as this question goes, that'll be it. And then that leads me to the last question: <laughs> tattoos and training. How long you should how long should you rest? Uh, yeah, that's that's gonna depend upon how your tattoo heals. I'm not the expert on this. The tattooist that is giving the artist that's giving you your tattoo is gonna be the expert on it. But they say it takes around a week for a tattoo to properly heal. So if you really want to make sure that you're you, you you know you've got quality art on your body and you want to make sure that you you're not gonna damage that whatsoever, maybe take that time. Although 
that time is also usually just a time frame for them to go ahead and you know add more ink to it if you're you know if you're having a couple sessions and I've done that from my own personal experience when I got my sleeve done the guy did the outline he did some coloring in you know we had a four five hour session I believe and he said come back in a couple days and we'll check it out and if we've got time we can redo it or we can just wait until it's fully healed and I came back in like two days and this guy was Filipino as fuck so he was like oh my god you look like Wolverine because I was healing like Wolverine and that was that was one of the best compliments I think I've ever got I love Wolverine so if you can heal in that faster time then get straight back in the gym I've seen people go straight back in the gym but you know the the best advice I can be is don't be a fucking idiot about it you know the tattoo's going to be on you for life maybe try and if you're if you're one of those that actually plans ahead of time and this is something that absolutely would be the case if you're a client or if you're a rugby muscle elite member or if you're someone that actually plans out their training ahead of time you would schedule a deload week for when you're going to get tattooed how simple is that then you don't really have to go into the gym if you want to you you can skip that body part and you're going to be fine um that's a really weird and random question to finish this podcast on but i am going to finish it there if you've made it to the end again Go ahead and go to uh, Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. We're yet to get too many this year. I would really appreciate it if you could do it. It helps helps me out, helps grow the show, helps get on cooler and cooler guests, and it helps me just keep putting them out in the face of all this demanding client work that I've got going on with Rugby Muscle Elite, which has been awesome, been great. If you want me to personally work with you one-on-one to take your strength, power, muscle, and fitness and physique to the next level while shedding unwanted body fat and stressing less than ever before just go to rubby-muscle.com forward slash rubby-muscle.com forward slash elite or just hit me up at tj underscore rugby and we'll talk about it thank you guys so much for listening and i'll catch you guys in the next one